Welcome to Base Space. A crypto podcast. Base Space. Brian, where are you based out of? I am in Sydney in Australia, East Coast. Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. Yep. What time is it there right now? Oh, it's very reasonable. It's 1 p.m. Oh, sweet. Cool. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, we typically wait till uh, all three of us are in here. He should be joining soon. And then some more people should be joining in as well. Right up. I see attack wagons in here. What up, attack wagon? You got Chad. Yep, Chad too. What's up, Chad? Brian, you uh, you trade or do you do any uh, any trading? Are you? Uh, I have. It, in my day, I've done a lot of trading, but um, I've got opinions about that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm a hodler. Yeah, I, I feel you, man. Uh, made some good trades and <laughs> made some ba- made some bad trades. Sold too early on some. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, um, you should like like someone said at the beginning of this. You should have sold at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if only it was that easy, right? <laughs> yeah. Nah, we're, we're entering like an ep- I think we're entering like an epic month. So I'm pumped for this market. Yes. Well, everyone's a winner when the tide goes up, huh? <laughs> yeah, but it it goes down pretty fast, you know? So you just got to <laughs> got to set those stop losses if you can. Uh, yep. Yes. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have any any opinions on like the meme coins? Do you think um, uh, do you think like they're uh, good or bad for for crypto? Do you have any opinions on that? Uh, good or bad for crypto? That's an interesting question. Okay, so like this is we're now at the body of this discussion. This is all part of it. Is that right? Or are we just chatting to begin we're, with? Cause... Yeah, no, we're just we're just chatting until 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 the other yeah. co-host comes. Yeah, we're just chilling. Sure. Okay. So you know, my um, thesis is, um, uh, I, I, I like good money coins, something that has value and will, in the long term continue to have value. Um, uh, quite possibly there's plenty of projects that have some value for a period of time. And if you can guess what that is and sure, ride that wave and look at it from a macro perspective, sure. Um, uh, meme coins, well, coming back to my idea of a uh, of fundamental value, and again, I refer back to good money coins, things that displace the the trillions and trillions of dollars that are in the existing financial system 
And by those, you know, obviously Bitcoin's one of them. And, you know, even Ethereum is a store of value, even though it has a hell of a lot of other use cases. But there are a few other coins out there, like um, some of the privacy coins, you know, particularly Monero, um, that will have it today, I'm sure. And some of the other coins that um, are good for money, like uh, Bitcoin Cash. Um, and with what's happening, you know, the inexorable trend of the debasement and the of the rigged centralized financial system, traditional financial system, will just mean that there is more and more value or more and more people jumping ship from that to instruments that they can use in the same uh, in the same manner as a good money coin, a store of value, a transfer, uh, a, me a mechanism for transfer and so forth. Um, and therefore, I kind of stick to just good money coins. Um, Meme coins, you know, I think it's a whole bunch of fun. And I think it's, uh, you know, if you can catch that comet as it flies across the sky, it's a wild ride and it can be, you know, literally life-changing. Um, but uh, I, I, um, if, if you miss catching that comet, you could fall and crash to Earth or that comet could even, you know, just impact the planet. So, uh, um, you know, opportunistically, if you can get that sort of thing, fantastic. But I'm looking at things a little bit more long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel you. I, I think uh, it's, it's interesting. It's a good way to get, you know, kind of what we refer to as like normies, more exposure to crypto for the first time, you know, setting up their first wallet, things like that. Um, and I, I think it's interesting. I saw I saw like a leak. I think it was this week where I, uh, Elon Musk is like basically planning to enable purchases on his web on his website from Tesla with Doge, right? So it's kind of giving Doge some utility. Um, and super, we've we've kind of played around in the past of like Musk enabling Doge uh, throughout all of his products, uh, whether that be through staking rewards or you know mining through the solar solar roofs, um, you know. Um, he can kind of turn the coin from a meme into like uh, a real currency that's used throughout his entire, you know, ecosystem. Yeah, he's one of the, yes. the few that could do that. <laughs> a whole city run on Doge. Okay, yeah, no, you're quite right. Uh, attracts a lot of interest, gets people involved, and gives people awareness of just those operating procedures on what it is and breaks down that um, mystery of what a crypto coin is. So that's fantastic for adoption. That's really good. Yes. Yeah. And I, I know uh, SHIB is incorporating like DeFi um, into their products. And I forget the exact number last time I looked it up, but it was a pretty insane amount of, of uh, coins that are being like staked and, uh, it's pretty interesting to see that they're starting to incorporate that. But, you know, I've, I've kind of been under the impression that gaming is going to be like the major gateway for normies, right? Like uh, the play to earn based model. Uh, I think it's going to just attract so many new users into the space. And 
these games, if they could create DeFi and teach people DeFi, that'll lead people to explore, you know, other products like yourself, um, you know, for even their, their real world currencies, right? Or like their everyday, like where are they putting their everyday nine to five savings or how are they, how are they expanding that out so they can, um, you know, store that value or create new value? Yes, I, I think the NFT uh, phenomena is amazing because here is the opportunity to wrap things in the real world in uh, in some kind of a token and represent it. And it can be something that kind of represents a real world thing or it could be purely digital. And the, the universe there, or the potential universe is phenomenal, especially if people are living and operating in online spaces. Certainly that is, um, that's quite phenomenal. And ultimately, you're quite right. It does come back to, at the end of the day, they will want to, people will want a store of wealth and to be able to transact, even if they've got collectibles or other concepts, if you like, um, wrapped up in an NFT. So um, that I still think there is, at that base layer, good money coins that are decentralized that work on proof of work that uh so they're not subject to things such as bribery attacks on proof of stake um that uh have limited supply um and you know just those qualities that really make a a good money coin i think it complements all of this space and there is plenty of room for many different variants of everything that's exploding in the crypto space here at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Brian, I think, I think we'll just continue the conversation. And um, when Chase or other co-host gets here, we can always, you know, just introduce him quickly and, and uh, he can just join us. Um, we're all kind of in different time zones and, and working and whatnot. So sometimes, sometimes things happen. Um, Sure. No worries about that. But uh, yeah, man, we're just really, really excited to have you on the base space. Um, you know, we, we kind of a little bit of background. We kind of just started the show like super, super is like one of the original pe one of the original listeners of the show. We were just kind of messing around. <laughs> uh, we were one of the first users to ever get access to Twitter spaces and we started to get a following around it. Um and then, yeah, we just started bringing on projects that we genuinely, genuinely like wanted to learn more about. And now it's kind of become like this cool uh, platform where we could educate other users, primarily Link Link Marines. If you're familiar with that group, uh, we're very heavy into into Chainlink over here. But it's cool to just um, hear from other folks in the industry and provide that that educational platform. I think it's pretty crucial right now to just spread the wealth, spread the knowledge as there's so much new innovation, you know, happening right now uh, in crypto. So it's incredible. Yes, it is. Well, and I'm totally stoked and honored to be on this channel with you today. You know, it's a great opportunity to, you know, talk to people about all of this stuff because no one knows everything about this space. And it's so great to listen to what you guys have to say and to uh, review some of the stuff that you've had posted up on base space is really good, man. It's opened my eyes onto a whole bunch of things. Let's go. So, yeah, let's get it. 
We love we love that man. And now it's it's been uh, it's been my pleasure to do these. And um, you know, super super just started working in crypto now to, uh, full time. So, yep, super excited about that. Um, hey, so Brian, we we typically start these off kind of asking um, all of our people to bring on how they got into crypto. So, if you could just kind of give like a background on how you stumbled upon the crypto industries. Yes. Oh, okay. Um. So, oh my God, a cohort of mine over the years, we've smelt a fish in the traditional financial systems, and we've always looked at ways of how to, you know, not be crushed by that. Um, behemoth that just seems to operate for its own nefarious purposes and not really care for the community and, uh, uh, you know, the average person, let's say. Um, and we played in various spaces like trading commodities and gold and silver and a whole bunch of things like that and looked at energy sectors. And, you know, we were really interested in that sort of thing. And then in 2012, one of the guys one of our OGs, he says, Brian, you just got to get some Bitcoin. This is the answer to everything or to a lot of things. And so I was completely bummed that I didn't get into Bitcoin until about a year after that. Um, so that was around 2013. And I went across to our local Bitcoin uh, meetup here in Sydney. And I said to the president, okay, and this was the first meeting. And I said to him, who, and he's a great friend of mine now. And I said to him, okay, what do we need? And he said, well, we need a big party and we need a venue that can accept Bitcoin. And I said, okay, well, you'll need an app um, and give them a wallet and train the staff, et cetera, et cetera. And I had one of my brothers owned a pub at that time. And I said, I'll organize venue. And I put together a band and we got a, like, about 200 people there for a big Bitcoin party. And so that was really good kickoff into that space. So that's kind of where how I got involved. And uh, over the years, I've, um, my background is quite heavily engineering um, and software. And so I've built things from, you know, uh, uh, layer one um, protocol level stuff. and um on-chain voting systems and uh trading arbitrage bots and those kinds of things so i was quite in quite um fascinated with the technology as well as just from a humanity 2.0 perspective what all of this decentralized paradigm meant for humanity so that's kind of where i came from and philosophically it makes a whole bunch of sense for me yeah, that's that's super interesting to hear because I feel like a lot of the people that we do bring on kind of have similar answers, right? They they see the implications of how it could help humanity, right? It, it kind of gives people the power back or more power. Um, you know, you can trade your own money. You can not be secretive, but, uh, you know, like you don't have to tell the bank. Well, now you do because taxes. But where you're sending all this Bitcoin and money and whatnot and um, – also just bring up a really great point that you said how uh, a lot of people didn't care well uh, crypto twitter is like the greatest place for that right because you have such a huge community and really it's multiple communities around all these projects and i think that's what makes it special as well because now the company or the 
protocol can directly communicate with a community uh, with a community and most communities will create content for them so it's almost like a like a win-win for the community and the protocol because now you have like this two-sided relationship um i also think it's really cool that you started setting up venues in 2012 like the first mover um but yeah so that's that's really cool um how did you find your way to bonded specifically uh, through friends of friends, I was doing some other uh, work in the DeFi space with a few projects and it kind of, you know, it's a small world in various respects. And so I got tapped on the shoulder and they said, uh, are you interested in doing this? And I had a look at the project and I thought, well, this is quite fascinating because there is uh, there is some fairly well-established lending platforms out there and we can talk about bonded and what it offers at some point but um i thought okay what's its differentiator and then i began to understand that it had uh it had its own value proposition that differentiated it from some of the other players out there and like their nuanced differences and i think this space is allowing now for these nuanced opportunities to be explored and to be commercialized because it's growing and it will continue to grow or, you know, obviously that's what we think. Um, so that's how I got involved with Bonded and, um, uh, and I've got a posse of guys who really know DeFi and well, you know, the crypto economics of it and, you know, they've got real, um, uh, economics backgrounds, not from a Keynesian economics perspective, but from a real, um, um, uh, you know, let's say from a true economics perspective. So um, uh, that formed the basis of the conversations between me and Paul, the CEO, and he's got great visions. And, you know, my background, as I said, was heavy engineering and software and so he pulled me in to pull this project together from the technical sense yeah that that's it's super interesting how how people get involved right because opp there's opportunities everywhere in crypto like you said you got tapped on the shoulder and with us for base space like i was just a random kid the, the checking out spaces and i met mio too and our our little posse as well and we kind of just turned it into an educational show so like there's for everyone listening there's opportunities everywhere really just put yourself out there um but brian that that's really cool to hear for people that are listening that might not know could you explain what bonded is or bonded yes. finance yes okay so bonded is a lending platform in its simplest form and also a stablecoin platform, um, which is quite similar in certain respects to a lending platform. So the, so the lending platform allows lenders to deposit their stablecoins to be lent out to borrowers. And borrowers put up collateral assets and particularly small altcoins that really don't have much of an opportunity to deploy their capital elsewhere in the DeFi ecosystem. So here, those holders of small altcoins 
and that's why I think there's good intersection in having this chat with you guys because you know there's a lot of small altcoin holders out there and bonded finance aims to allow those holders to use that those assets as collateral to take out stablecoin loans to do whatever else they like in the crypto ecosystem Hey, hey Brian, I'm I'm curious. Are you guys are you guys going to be launching your own stablecoin, or are you going to be using one of the more traditional stablecoins that's that's already out there? Okay, phase one is our lending platform will be focused around traditional or existing stablecoins such as USDC, and we'll probably put Tether up there for lenders to be able to lend their assets and. The next release or uh, in our roadmap is to release our own stable coin, which is called USB. So the bonded US dollar pegged stable coin. And um, what that requires us to do is to make sure there's good liquidity for this coin out there in a lot of other DEXs and trading platforms so that people can uh, find utility with this coin, and it's kind of a self-feeding cycle. With our stablecoin platform, people can put up their small altcoin assets and mint these stablecoins, our USB, and then because there will be good liquidity and growing liquidity for that stablecoin out in the general crypto ecosystem, it will be like a snowball running down a hill that will begin to grow and be further adopted by other platforms in the in the DeFi space. Wow, that's a uh, that's a pretty that's pretty ambitious. I uh, I love it. That's uh, that's that's crazy. I also I also think the uh, the name like the token USB is is kind of catchy. Yeah, you're quite right. It is ambitious, but like I said, uh, Paul, our CEO, he has, well, um, what's a way to put it? He has fully um, based swagger that will allow him to pull this, or and he, I think, can pull this sort of thing off because we're, we've established a lot of partnerships with great projects. And I think the continual momentum of that will mean and and he's got good business partners that can uh, inject the capital to ensure that we can give this stablecoin the momentum that it needs. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so, hey, so Brian, um, I, also for the people listening that haven't heard of bonded finance, could you describe what the bond token is and how it's used within the protocol? Yes. Okay. So it's a governance token. Um, it, it, um, so bond tokens are used and or, or can be staked uh, to earn a percentage of the fees that are collected by the platform. So essentially, it's a stream of revenue and also, as I mentioned, a governance token. So the bond token holders can, once we m fully move to a decentralized DAO, they can... Uh, put up proposals for evolution of the protocol and the platform 
and which includes distribution of the fees collected by the platform to the bond token holders and or reinvestment into enhancements and further evolution of the platform. So it, it's really like many of the projects out there, it is people have ownership and a stake and decision-making capability and they can vote on and make proposals that will better the ecosystem, maintain, which will maintain the value or the price of that token and increase it ideally and uh, also derive revenue from it. So, um, so it's not too different from many of the other models of DAO out there as a governance token. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. You see a lot of these protocols incorporating a DAO, right? And that just lets more people that are interested in the protocol have a say in how their protocol that they're, or not their protocol, but the protocol that they're invested in um, carries their business in the future. So I think that's really cool. Um, and I also, could you elaborate on how you compete with some of these other lending and borrowing protocols, say like an Aave? Yes. Well, um, well, Compound might be a good example as the core lending component, what we call our primary lending platform, which allows lenders to deposit their stablecoin to be lent out to borrowers. So it's quite similar in concept to Compound. So I think people can draw that uh, conceptual analogy there and it's quite easy to understand. The difference, or at least the very specific focus we have there is that it's only stable coins which are lent out on our primary lending platform but then there is again that whole cohort of small altcoins that will progressively support over time um so that those altcoin holders and those projects can deploy their capital and get access to more uh, let's say, usable stable coins so they can use it within their project or deploy it otherwise in whichever way they want in the DeFi ecosystem while still holding uh, or, or, or being exposed to the upside of their altcoins. So, um, so it's quite similar in that respect to compound but where it differs as i mentioned is just that, that it's a different set of smaller altcoins that we want to support because there really isn't a lot of support out there in a broad support out there in the DeFi ecosystem for these smaller coins so we really want to tap into that and there's some interesting use cases that can arise such as in market volatility circumstances, um, small altcoin holders can deposit their collateral. And essentially, I think at the beginning of this conversation, you were talking about it's good to have stop losses in place. Effectively, one can have a stop loss um, by posting up their collateral, taking out a stablecoin loan, and they know that they're because they've got that value in the stablecoin and they're doing whatever else they wish with that stablecoin that essentially is their stop loss so if their altcoins fall in value 
they've still got the stablecoin value that they borrowed from the platform. And their position might be liquidated, but that is effectively a stop loss. It's it's not exactly uh, a stop loss mechanism, but there's interesting use cases like that that arise. Yeah, what what does happen on on bonded when someone gets liquidated? Like, what does that process look like to maybe reclaim re- reclaim those tokens or okay. that loss? Okay, so the way it works is is again, it's not too dissimilar from many other liquidation mechanisms. The lender, sorry, the borrower will put up a certain collateral, and then they'll take out a loan against that, and there'll be what's what's referred to as the loan to value ratio so it's essentially an overcapitalization that the borrower needs to put up onto the platform for example it might be i don't know 60 uh, percent collateralization so if i put a thousand bucks a thousand dollars worth of assets up i can borrow 600 and if for whatever reason, markets turn against me and I haven't maintained my position and a liquidation occurs. Well, then a liquidator, a third-party incentivized actor in the market, it will uh, pay back the loan and it will get receive a reward from the excess capital that the borrower had placed onto the platform. And the platform will take a small fee and then the collateral that's left over will be returned to the borrower. I got it. Do you, do you, off the top of your head, do you know like roughly like what percent fee that fee that would be? Okay, so it's quite interesting. It will uh, it will vary on the collateral type because some factors that come into play are. Liquidators want a reward, but some of the reward that we'll give them, they cop as a cost when they go and uh, swap that that altcoin or go and trade that altcoin for a more popular coin, such as, I don't know, Ethereum, let's say, um, or a stablecoin. And so they're going to experience some slippage. And so we need to gauge the generally what the slippage might be for various position sizes and the kind of collateral volumes that we'll have on our platform. And that fee will reflect that. Um, So the DAO over time will adjust that so that it's attuned, so it doesn't scare or it, it suitably incentivizes borrowers to use the platform because they know they're not going to be burnt unnecessarily but still it will be tuned to ensure that the liquidators receive the kind of reward that they need to execute that really important function of keeping the platform um in balance and protected so it's it's something uh to begin with it might be 10 percent uh it might be 15 percent for some coins depending on the liquidity that's available out in the marketplace. Um, uh, and again, the DAO will assess that over time if circumstances change. Got it. Now, that, that makes sense. That it sounds like the rate will fluctuate uh, depending on what coin it is. I'm kind of interested, like, what old coins are you guys 
planning to initially support? Okay. Um, um, let me just have a look. There'll be link. There'll be, um, I'm just seeing if I have an, an updated list here. Um, yeah, link Elrond. Um, NEM, if there's a good wrapped ERC20 token with good enough liquidity. Ren, uh, Matic, uh, Origin, Orion. Union, Router, um, uh, Prosper, uh, what else? You know, we, we're in discussion with a lot of people. Um, uh, and over time, that will grow. From day one, there might be half a dozen. Um, but we think we can continue to support new coins at a rate of about two or three per month. So it will be going that to the community. Yeah, we'll we'll be going to our community and saying, okay, what do you think? What's um what's of interest? And we'll, you know, we'll assess things because we need to ensure that we've got a good price feed. We need to ensure that there is suitable liquidity out there, um, and that people will wish to deploy their assets and borrow on our platform at the parameters that their whole market dictates for this. So we won't necessarily just come up with metrics and loan-to-value ratios that we feel like implementing. It'll be very much market-based. Got it. No, that makes a lot of sense. It, it does sound like, from what you what you were talking about earlier, is that the DAOs are going to be heavily, very hev the DAOs itself is going to be very heavily involved um, in the project, um, kind of assessing whether they can manipulate the interest rates and, and how, how things are going to be working. Um, how, how would a user, like, let's say I, I own a bunch of bond token, would, the, would there be a minimum amount for me to participate in the DAO? And have you guys thought about what the process looks like to actually submit a proposal and then take that proposal to vote right because so, like i could definitely see like a potential bad actor acquiring a lot of bond and trying to maybe manipulate it um, so they can i don't know get a you know get money back uh mm -hmm. or put together some crazy proposals that kind of destroy uh you know just destroy the the project that you guys are building Yes. Well, um, for them to do that, there's a few questions in there. For them to do that, well, they've got to invest and purchase the bond. So there's cost. And so would they want to do that uh, if they've spent a big bag purchasing bond to then go and trash it? You know, um, it's really people with skin in the game uh, uh, that will be making DAO proposals and voting on them. So uh, by and large, that will be people who want to, you know, extract value, you know, good long-term value from the project and continued price appreciation for the for the coin. Um, uh, so, is there the risk that someone will do that? I suppose you know that goes with any project. I I don't think it would be necessarily contained to just bonded finance or our DAO. Um, 
I will say our DAO at this point, we initially we're running with the project team because you know we're running fast and we're running hard to get product out there to the market. So DAO is in the roadmap, but the exact mechanism of how DAO proposals will be made and then voted upon is something that we haven't designed in any great detail yet. But I will say with some other DeFi projects I'm working on where there are DAO mechanisms and uh, you know the decentralized community makes proposals and then votes on them, there is fairly well tried and tested methods and approaches for that. And there are good service organizations that provide good frameworks and tools to enable that. So it, um, we'll just kind of borrow from good good processes and good um, precedences that have already been set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm def I'll definitely be keeping looped in and uh, interested to see how um, the doubt the DAO will be built out. Um, oh, what's up, Chase? What up, Chase? Hey guys, hey. how's everyone doing tonight? Good. Chase, meet meet Brian uh, from Bonded. Hey, right. Chase. Welcome to, welcome to the base space. Yeah, no, totally cool. It's very good. I'm uh, I'm a little late to party, so uh, my apologies for uh, just just being here now. We're three drinks in, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up. No worries. <laughs> yeah, we're loose. <laughs> hey, so Brian, we're looking your um your integrations and it says that you're integrated with glitch finance could you uh could you touch on that partnership uh, okay at the moment it is uh it will be a coin listing a token listing on our platform and we'll look more to figure out what integration opportunities there are because like they've got a great evm and uh there is quite the possibility to do cross-chain integration with them but at the moment, haven't fully explored that. So um, uh, I've got nothing final to really say about that because we're, we're assessing, you know, what again, what the market will want. Um, and we've certainly, uh, certainly understand that we do want to do cross-chain integrations for a whole bunch of reasons, such as to, um, to stake or to, to place collateral or to accept collateral that is on another chain somewhere, or to even um, pay out loans on another chain somewhere. So there, you know, the the, the universes of, of opportunities there is quite large. Um, uh, and apart from the initial listing of glitch, uh, I really can't say much more at this point. Yeah, no worries. I had just seen it on um, on your site, so I, I figured I'd ask. Um, but I also saw Chainlink uh, integrated with y'all. Could you um, elaborate on how integrating with them benefits bonded finance? Yes. Well, um, a lending platform kind of doesn't work unless it has good quality price feeds. Um, we need to know what the price of a altcoin is so that we can ensure that we can give out the right or offer the right loan to people who wish to borrow 
So Chainlink gives us price feed as well as we'll be listing their coin on our platform. So, um, and over time, that relationship with Chainlink will give us further, further opportunities uh, to integrate other price feeds. But of course, there are various ways to get price feeds out there and there's uh, competition, hot competition in the Oracle marketplace. So um, I think um, something like Chainlink is really good uh, and people believe in it and trust in it, which is wonderful because, you know, they've proven for quite some time that they can deliver. And again, the marketplace does change and the project team and the DAO will consider new and different ways to get price feeds. Um, and for example, there are different ways on Uniswap. We can get time-weighted average prices uh, on chain uh, that in a lot of circumstances will suit the purpose for price feeds. Um, uh, but essentially Chainlink, of course, as maybe you know evident on the face of it is for price fees at this point i'm actually curious ryan you had mentioned about being cross-chain earlier is is Chainlink a solution and what you're potentially looking at using their ccip for that cross-chain amongst uh, the various l1s yes um it, that's a really interesting question um it's something we haven't looked into deeply uh, but um, that is something that really fascinates me because if there is something that can facilitate cross-chain in a secure way, because we know that cross-chain is problematic or has been problematic in certain circumstances with other protocols and other tools, we, um, we certainly will be looking at that because it could be a really good solution. Yeah, we like we had said earlier. We you know we love Chainlink and basically support any project that they integrate with, which will eventually be all of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah. that, that's what we hear as well. Um, for your roadmap in twenty twenty two, is there anything that you specifically and then the team at Bonded Finance uh, are particular particularly excited about? Yeah, well, it is the stablecoin platform because the first iteration will be our primary lending platform, which won't employ our own stablecoin. And then we will roll out next year our stablecoin platform, which then gives us the opportunity to really make the bonded platform and our stablecoin ubiquitous or to move towards ubiquity in the DeFi space. And that is the investors and the fundings, uh, the investing partners, with this project's intention. Uh, so that will be really interesting. So that's both from a technology perspective, which is fascinating in and of itself. Obviously, that's my space. Um, but from a marketing and a partnership um, and investment space, it's also really fascinating. So to be involved with the whole team to pull this off is, uh, is really exciting. I mean, you know, a, a lot of people I speak to um, when I talk about DeFi or crypto and so forth, they they think um, that it is purely a technology thing, and uh, and I tell them stories that it create it needs a really diverse 
and imaginative and conscientious team of cross-disciplined individuals to pull this together. And um, technology is only one small component, or well, you know, it's important, they're all important components, but it's only one component in it um, at the end of the day. So I think the stablecoin aspect uh, in terms of just new feature and where that leads the whole Bonda project is uh, probably one of the more exciting things for 2022. Yeah, that'll definitely be really cool to see. I'm definitely going to have to provide some liquidity and get some of that juicy APR. Uh, uh, yes. And, and support yeah. USB. So that, that'll yes. be really cool. Yeah, yeah. There'll be some early yield farming opportunities with both of these platforms also. For those yield farming opportunities, the economic incentives or, or the incentives will be aligned for um, adoption on the platform. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's always quite challenging to build a moat around a project. Uh, because people will come for yield farming opportunities and then disappear elsewhere uh, once there's something bright and shiny and new over the horizon or in the next paddock that gives better yield. Um, so we've thought long and hard about that. And, you know, there's various approaches, but we quite firmly believe the core value proposition of allowing small altcoin holders to untap the capital that they're holding rather than simply waiting for their coin to uh, go to the moon. They can deploy their capital with our platform. And that's what we think is once we create the critical mass, it will provide continued opportunity um, and continued demand for the platform. I'm actually curious, Brian. So, will users kind of in in a in a way uh, lock up maybe like interest bearing tokens similar um, to what we're kind of seeing today to print the the stable coin that Bond is going to come out with? Is that kind of like the function that you're kind of envisioning? Yeah. Okay. So, the mechanics will be depositing collateral and minting the stable coin. And while that position is open, there'll be interest that's charged. So in, in there'll be interest that's charged for the open stablecoin position to the borrower. So it's very, very similar in that sense to the die model. Gotcha. So yeah. what are uh, what are, what are your thoughts on um, protocol owned liquidity? Like, is that in the roadmap for um, Bondage Future on the stablecoin side or just in general? Um, I'm not sure if I fully got that question there. So protocol uh, created liquidity? Yeah. So, you know, somewhere like we're seeing with, with Ohm uh, right now, I, I, th I think Ohm was really kind of the first one to kind of um, originate with the protocol owning its own liquidity. Uh, I was just, yeah. just curious if you have like uh, Bonnet has kind of thought about that model to where, um, you know, as, as you mint bonds or um, 
within the treasury, bonded would actually own the liquidity within. Mm, um, the way we're looking at it is to provide a, a, a fairly proven model in terms of just having a, a die-like stablecoin that people could mint. Um, and the differentiator at this point is that they can put up their smaller altcoins as collateral. And so that's the key piece there. I think other models uh, are really interesting. Um, uh, um, and the way we will look at it also will be what makes sense economically and where the potential risks are. And this model that we've chosen to run with with the USB platform is, is if you like, as proven and rock steady as we possibly can get at the moment. Um, and the DAO over time will figure out as new projects prove themselves and new technologies prove themselves, then we can look at different models like that. Gotcha. And, and, and for example, you know, we're working on a US dollar pegged stable coin and that, uh, you know, there's, there's trade-offs with using things like that because ultimately it does rest on some of the um, uh, stable coins out there that have some centralized components to them, such as USDC and USDT to enable uh, that price peg, our $1 US dollar price peg to be maintained. But there are other models out there that Dai has just implemented, but um, is being championed by um, uh, Reflex Arai, which has a floating, a non-dollar pegged stable coin. So it floats slightly. Um, and those are, I think quite important for the DeFi space because it allows the DeFi space to decouple itself from centralized um, instruments such as USDC and USDT um, that ultimately represent a risk to the whole philosophy of the decentralization and the censor censorship resistance that DeFi can promise. So again, all of those different models will continue to look at and figure out what will make most sense for the protocol. I'm actually curious, like where, where do you see DeFi heading in general over the next, um, I, I want to say five years, but you know, that's, <laughs> I don't know if anyone can predict what crypto will look like in five years at this rate of innovation, but um, you know, just like generally speaking, like out on the horizon, what do you see DeFi looking like, you know, in between like three to five years in the longer term? Okay. Uh, yeah, this is fantastic. I love conversations like this. Um, one of the things that DeFi, I mean, the value of DeFi is its uh, censorship resistance. Um, at the moment, the identity model around DeFi is not censorship resistant because individuals have 
identities in the DeFi space, even though their assets are pseudonymous. Um, the individuals can be coerced, and that's a bad thing for the DeFi space. So there is a paradigm shift that needs to occur for DeFi for it to really turn into an ecosystem that is decoupled from the traditional world. And what I mean by that is the actors in working for DAOs, because ultimately, you know, there's good people who need to do good things for DAOs, like develop or market or um, do uh, a business development or uh, legal work or all of that, you know, multidiscipline stuff. Um, those entities or those people, those individuals at the moment, they really have, they're, they're all doxxed essentially, even though there is, there is an attempt by some people to be fairly uh, anonymous in DeFi projects, there isn't a good systematic and inherent way for that to occur. And I think the whole marketplace is screaming out, or well, it perhaps doesn't know it yet, but it truly requires this, um, this NIM, a pseudonymous, uh, nature of individuals and DAOs to be able to identify uh, NIMs, pseudonymous individuals, and attribute a reputation to them and hire and based on those reputations and to um, expose the DAOs to uh, a, a, a certain financial exposure to those individuals based on their reputation. So there needs to be a way of um, having these reputations that are not jammed up with, with junk and spam and also um, have value and um, for the individuals that hold them. Um, so there's, there's quite a key problem there. Once that happens, then DeFi can really, it will really spread its wings because I think um, as you were talking there, um, uh, where, where are we? As you're talking there, there's more and more people, even one of you guys there, who are working full-time in the crypto space. And if more and more people are finding great opportunities and able to forge opportunities in the crypto space, then that means they can operate in financial systems that don't have the coercion and the restrictions and the, uh, the ability for some nefarious authority or, or um, authority to switch off your participation in that can occur in the traditional financial system so then once that if you like DeFi is fully untethered then people and communities can work solely and fully in that DeFi space and it it it, it ushers in quite significant changes uh and as i alluded to at the beginning of this call it ushers in humanity 2.0 and it allows allows the nation states which have been growing inexorably and 
uh, like giant vampire squibs, it allows them to attrition so that governance can occur instead of at these massive monolithic state levels that we find are not serving the individuals. We find that there'll be governance structures that begin to establish themselves that are smaller in nature. And by virtue of those governance structures in the real world that are smaller in nature, because life is just not being breathed breathed into these giant vampire squids of the um, the nation state, then these smaller government structures will be more accountable to the smaller communities that they serve. There'll be more transparency and there'll be, you know, just um, uh, less corruption associated with it. That's kind of where I see it going. And is that going to happen in three or five years? You know, I'd like to say so, but I don't think, I think it's a little beyond the three or five year time frame. But our, our, my, my intention for being involved in this space is to facilitate each little step necessary on that long road. Yeah, I, I'm super excited, really, just to track the, the progress of all projects that we brought on, including yourself, and then the coming years, right? And um, Brian, we actually, at the end of these spaces, we typically bring on guests from the community to ask questions. Would you be uh, down for that? Sure, yeah. Perfect. We actually have one waiting. Uh, Evan, I'm going to bring you on. What's up, Evan? Oh, hey, what's up? You guys miss me. I know. Hey, Brian, hey. thank you for coming to speak with us. I just want to say I appreciate like your sentiment and the overall um, like mind state that you put out there with those last statements, and I appreciate that. Oh, so, wow. Well, thank you for coming to speak to us. Um, I... These questions might have been answered already, and if they were, I apologize. Uh, I just wanted to mo more more know about your t uh, project in general. So, yep. what 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 platform did you guys choose to build on? Uh, um, well, it's uh, on Ethereum, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's that's really what I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. So it's all, all Ethereum. We've got uh, ourselves up and running on uh, Rinkaby, and we're churning through a whole bunch of transactions. Where we are with the project at the moment is we're in final testing mode for the first commercial release of the uh, primary lending platform. Um, so what we hope to do is get it out to uh, a test net um, uh, this month, later this month, what we hope to do, we're just figuring out how we actually do that so people have faucets to uh, appropriately get some of the coins that they'll need to interact with the platform on. So, you know, um, uh, there's just some extra bits of, that we need to do for that purpose. Okay, cool. I really like the, the layout of your site, uh, like your um, the testnet now. 
I think it looks really clean. I really like it. Oh, okay, great. Can I ask you some questions about the tokenomics, just because it was stuff I was curious about? Sure. Uh, so, so when you were coming up with, like, let's just say your your uh, max supply, right? Yeah. What 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 uh, like what factors come into play that make you choose the decisions that you choose? Mm, interesting. Okay, um, some of that I wasn't directly involved with, but typically is you know it's always a proportion of initial investors uh leadership uh team um and then uh um a, a proportion to help kickstart the project which might be through yield farming um so it, it you know is there an exact science around that i'm not sure if there's ever an exact science around that but uh the model chosen isn't to far away from various other projects. Well, do you have any specific questions about which allocation and uh, in that? No, not the, al the allocation really doesn't uh, bother me at all. I actually haven't seen like how your tokens have been allocated yet, just because I'm scrolling through the white paper. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. so would you call so, it like a just proof of stake or would you give it like a like a consensus uh, system? Like, would you say it's like a little bit differently? Okay, well, given it runs on the Ethereum network, it's currently, well, Ethereum's proof of work, which will be moving to their proof of stake. Um, so we just inherit the platform that we're running on there. And uh, if we're integrating, or as we integrate with other chains, cross chain, whatever, uh, consensus mechanism is used on that chain will come into play. Um, so bonded finance itself doesn't have a, a, a consensus mechanism itself. It just borrows okay. from what it sits on there. Uh, that's really all yeah, the questions I had. I'm looking forward to see like cross-chain support, how that works out. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, you're quite right. There's different models uh, and different technologies, and some of those are coming to market quickly as well and maturing or in various states of maturity. And so that's something that we're beginning to look at. You, you know, to be uh, very honest, we've had a heads down getting the core product together um, uh, of late. And so now we can begin to lift uh, head up and breathe some air and really look more deeply into some of the other things that we have for the vision for this. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it could be really huge if done correctly, to be honest with you. Uh, is there, can I ask, like, is, are you thinking about bringing on like um, Paxos USD? Um, like a staple coin? Yeah. Um, uh, it, it hasn't occurred to us, but you know, our community, when they suggest things and as things occur to us, we'll give it the kind of consideration that I think all of these ideas deserve. And let me tell you, God, there's millions of ideas out there. Um, right. And, and um, uh, yeah, we just weigh up the, uh, the trade-offs and the uh, opportunity cost for pursuing some of these things. Um, and as I said, you know, right at the moment, 
totally focused on getting product out there. Uh, so there's something that we can use as a foundation to do all this other good stuff. Agreed. Th thanks, yeah. man. I, I, I appreciate talking to you. That, that's really and, all the questions I had. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, you, you know, you can um, send us uh, any questions. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter. It's all good. Sweet. Thank you. Or the tokens are actually out. I could just I could just vote on what we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once that happens, yes. Um, yeah. And there, yeah. And there is a Telegram group. They're quite feisty. So um, uh, I, I issue a health warning there. But they, those guys are great because there is a really good community, and they're quite frank, <laughs> um, and they're quite positive in respect of their holding their coins and seeing the potential here. And so uh, it's quite interesting to see the community and the dynamic that goes on there. Thank you, Evan, for coming on and asking those questions. We appreciate it for sure. Thank you. And Brian, thank you very much for coming on. We, we absolutely appreciate your time. Um, that is all we have for you. Uh, one last question from me. Uh, we actually record these spaces and we put them up on our YouTube channel. Are you okay with us posting this on our YouTube? Totally. Yes. Yes, Perfect. absolutely. Perfect. And I, I've got a question for you. You mentioned that you are now working full-time in the crypto space. Um, yes. Just what a, this is fantastic. And I think we need to see more of that. And can I just ask what, uh, what, things are you involved in? Are you on the tech side? Or are you on the communication and the education side? Or, or how, how, how are you playing into it? So besides the job, uh, I, I do work here at Base Space. Um, I community manage here and I help with market outreach and just bringing protocols on. And then I help with the graphics here. And then for my job, I just got hired for, I'm kind of doing the same thing, but we're not doing a, a podcast quite yet. We're going to incorporate AMAs, but I work for um, a blockchain gaming company. So I help with all of their marketing efforts and are in communications with, you know, their partners and their advisors, um, and really just to push marketing campaigns and uh, get more people hyped about the protocol. Um, the alpha testing of the game comes out in quarter one of next year. And then the full, well, there's two games, but one of the games comes out in quarter two, and then the mobile launch comes out in quarter three. And then, uh, 2023 the second game comes out so really just just gaining attention from the community and building that community you know um answering back the questions in the discord answering back to people on uh on twitter and really just involving myself with that community yes oh that's great no it's really good to hear um different ways people are involved in this space and we need more of it um and you know, there's a lot of great teams and great people in there, but yeah, definitely we need more. And um, I'm finding the people that I'm working with, uh, you know, that adds that human dimension to it. So it's really good. And, you know, some of these people I've been working with for years now, but I've never actually met them physically, <laughs> which is all quite interesting. Yeah, I know, right? Like my whole team is... Uh... Like I've never met them in person and my interviews were over uh, a Zoom call. And yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. Like if you told me a year ago that I was going to have a job in this industry, which I, I just started crypto, um, I would say probably a year and a half ago, I totally wouldn't have believed you. Right. I was serving tables. Um, 
I was doing photography at the time. That's what I did before all of this. I did that for four years and ran my own business there. But it's, it's super exciting because you're right. We do need more people in the industry. And there's so many opportunities out there. Like so many protocols need help, whether it's marketing or it's the dev side or it's business development, really just anywhere. And um, the only marketing per se expertise I would say I had was working with base space, um, you know, and we, we don't get paid here, right? We do this for fun and um, mainly the education. And so that was the only experience I had. And basically what my point is, is everybody listening, like if you want a job in the, in the industry, just, just apply. Like I applied to, I want to say probably 10 different ones. And I went through three interviews and on the third one, I, I was lucky enough and you know, I got a job and I've, I've been in that job for literally today was a week and I've already learned so much just dealing with people, dealing with vendors, dealing with the team itself and just seeing how they work on things on the art side and the development side. And it's really interesting and it's like it's opened up a, a lot of doors for me and I'm, and I'm definitely super excited and I definitely appreciate your question asking about that. Yeah, no, well, I think that's great. You know, um, um, it, it, it's funny getting back to that point about some people think that this space is all about technology. It isn't. Um, uh, and for example, you know, just to wrap things up here, uh, with another project, I'm doing a bit of work with the El Salvadorian government and one of the national banks there uh, and running a hackathon. And as people may be aware, El Salvador has just made legal tender Bitcoin. And therefore, this hackathon is about building solutions and coming up with solutions that will empower, uh, you know, merchants and the community and so forth about using crypto um, and staking things in DeFi and receiving their savings and in Bitcoin. And it, like, it's a game changer for this country. But you know, it's a it's a it's a great. Um, a uh, thing for the world, what will be incubated in this space. But the, to your point about your involvement, these hackathon teams are uh, not just technical teams. They're marketing and they're um, uh, UX people and they're legal people and they're from a whole bunch of different disciplines forming these teams to come up with something that will make a whole bunch of sense. Um, so I would encourage you if people want to get into this space you know certainly talk to anyone you're involved in in various DeFi projects or crypto projects but have a look at some of the hackathons because there's always a, a possibility and opportunity to to tack into onto something for a relatively short term and begin to get a name out there uh, and get involved with projects get to understand them and really do something quite useful but um yeah if people are interested then they can have a look at the um the bankathon for el salvador yeah that is that's a super noble cause number one and number two you had mentioned obviously th this industry has multiple i would say arms right in multiple you know you got marketing you got dev you got business development you, you know etc cetera, etc cetera. is there any positions at bonded finance that you guys are actually currently looking for um yeah, I had a meeting with our marketing manager yesterday uh, and he laid on me his marketing plan. So I think in that as a few people, uh, a few roles that we might need to fill. Um, 
Also, we are looking for a COO or a CEO um, so that we can, uh, who will really focus on the partnership side of things. So I'm just looking at a few people there that I'll might fit the bill. Um, I'll do it. You're uh, good. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, Evan's looking for a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, send the CV <laughs> or yeah. give us a link to you. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> um, well, Brian, we do really do appreciate you coming on. And I'm definitely going to look out for that hackathon. Uh, you know, I want to see how that goes. That, that's super exciting. Um, and that's all the community questions we have for you. Uh, once again, I just want to thank you for your time. Uh, I, I know it's afternoon for you. Um, you're probably taking your lunch off. But we really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, I appreciate uh, having the opportunity to chat with you guys and your devoted followers. And um, uh, I look forward to future conversations. Stay good, huh? Yes, stay based. Stay based, yes, Brian. Stay based. See ya.